The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matt Overmind Experience. I'm your host, master trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And you know when they say, wait till you experience what I've experienced or you haven't seen what I've seen? What I have a guest on the show who's seen a whole lot. And not only has he seen and experienced a whole lot, but he's used it to turn it into success. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about today with Aaron Baya. See, he grew up around organized crime and recovered from addiction and near-death experiences. So we have a whole lot of stuff to talk about today, like how his near-death experiences prepared him for success, how to find the balance between too much and just what's actually good for you. And of course... Your boy never disappoints, right? I have a hack of the episode for you. And it's going to be, how can we break through our fear and discover multidimensional perspectives? And with that being said, let's welcome Aaron to the show. Hey, man, how you doing today? Yo, what's up? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, man. But, you know, I gave him a little summary, but tell my audience about yourself. <laughs> Uh, I'm a weird dude. <laughs> I've, done, I've done a lot of crazy stuff in my life. Um, I guess to start off, I grew up in East Vancouver. It was a rough area. Um, gang culture is quite big here. We're a port city. So much drugs come into North America through Vancouver. And it's quite normalized in my group of friends, in my high school, especially that like drug dealing operations were recruiting kids right out of high school. So I got mixed up in it, 17 years old. And it was just normalized for me. It went into like small things, selling a little pot to then upgrading, upgrading, upgrading. And by the time I was 24, I was meeting Mexican cartels, flipping kilos of cocaine, bringing it into the country. Like it was crazy. And that's when I was really addicted to opiate painkillers, oxys, because I really realized what the weight of not living out your Dharma and not living out what you're supposed to be doing in life and not hitting your true potential eats at you. And the shame that I felt, you know, my, my family couldn't be proud of me. Um, I was under crazy high stress situations. Like friends of mine were getting shot and kidnapped or vice versa. And it was really intense. So I was just like, this is not the type of guy I am. Uh, I'm meant to be of service to the world. I'm meant to be uh, somebody who makes the world a better place and shares my gifts. And this was just not it. And I was so unhappy because of that. And yeah, the money was good, but it's not fulfilling money isn't worth it just just making a lot of money is not worth it in life you got to be doing something that you're proud of something that helps the world if your altruism is connected to what you do you'll be a happier person 
without a doubt. So I, I did this plant medicine called Iboga. Ibogaine. Have you ever heard of it? No, no. <laughs> Dude, it's like the, it's like the African ayahuasca, but way di- more difficult. Cause it's like your stern father telling you how much of like a fuck up you are over and over again. If that's what you have to go through, it can be very healing and it is very healing, but also I had to really come to a realization with myself that I was responsible for all this dysfunction and chaos in my life. I am the root cause of it. I had to hold myself accountable and it was a week of crazy flood doses. And after that, I saw Eat, Pray, Love of all things. And and I was sitting there shivering in a blanket watching Eat, Pray, Love. And I was just like, wow, okay, this is a good, nice lifestyle. When I saw her go to Bali, uh, there was a scene where she's in the market and they're doing these offerings. The Balinese women are so beautiful doing these offerings. And that touched me. It actually just right sunk into my heart. And I'm like, I got to go there, whatever that, wherever that is, I got to go there. And I had to Google where is Bali. And I was like, Oh, in Indonesia. I'm like, where's Indonesia again. And like, I just Google it, booked a flight, landed there two days later alone um, and did a yoga teacher training of all things. I needed to keep myself occupied. I had been practicing yoga before I was a black belt kickboxer. I was teaching kickboxing, but I got way too many concussions. And I was like, that's it. Shanti Shanti. Let's do, let's do yoga. And I went deep into a yogic path and deep into meditation. I did like 10 Vipassana meditation retreats. I you know, did 600 hours of yoga teacher training. And from there, when I got right with myself, I was able to start opening businesses. And since leaving the dope game in 2016, February, 2016, I launched one business every year. So it's eight businesses in eight years. Um, and they're all things that I love doing. They're like tattoo shops. I own three tattoo shops. I just opened my newest one in Vancouver to barber tattoo salon called Lotus house. And, um, that, that was the, our grand opening on Saturday, this, like this last weekend. And it was really a fun journey to then be able to come back to Vancouver, uh, a place I left out of necessity. I was like, I'm going to go to jail or get shot or overdose on drugs. That's, those are my options here. And instead I became a yogi and a hippie for a while and then opened up conscious arts tattoo shop. My first shop that supports a school for mentally disabled Balinese children. And then uh, my second shop karma house uh, supports a program for women that have been uh, victims of human trafficking. And then the uh, yogi lab is an online personal development business that would give a free Vipassana meditation retreat every month for the whole world and uh, from the 11th to 22nd. And then Lighthouse Studios is a content creation film production studio uh, that I can shoot all my stuff at, shoot my podcast there when I'm in Bali. And then came Lotus House, yeah, Barber Tattoo Salon. And now Sigma Motor Group is a luxury car club. And we have a few crazy cars, like some McLarens and R8s. It's fun, fun business. So they're all things that I like, like to do, you know, and that fit in with my like lifestyle. So they're all pa- passion projects. They all have an altruistic goal. They all support some sort of charity. And and the Vancouver One supports uh, Kids Play Foundation. It's helping kids that are at risk of gang violence and abuse. Full circle. <laughs> you know, I've had experts who come on the show who, of course, you know, work for themselves and said, I don't have a job. I have a mission. And that's what it sounds like. Mm. What I'm hearing from you is like, you don't have a job. You have a mission. Everything that you do is designed to help others. I mean, that's the most rewarding thing in the world. When I interviewed um, the, um, Dr. Eugene um, Lipov yesterday, and he mentioned that they have a, 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 um, a procedure which helps to um, activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So people going through stress and trauma and stuff like that. 
And he said there are times when he will work with them and within 15 minutes, they will come out and feel, have a big smile on their face and feel so good. And he's like, wow, just that moment alone makes his day better, right? So when you have that passion and you actually are using that passion to help people, it's completely, completely life-changing. So thanks so much for that, which leads me to my next question, right? Because I want you to talk about your near-death experiences. You didn't yeah. even talk about that much, yeah. so... What no what kind of what 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 yeah. triggered you when you experienced your near death experiences to turn it into something that is helping people right now? Oh man, I've had a, many near death experiences, like crazy ones. Uh, the worst, I mean, I had been stabbed in an attempted robbery, um, but again, I'm a black belt kickboxer. It didn't end well for those guys, so I punched a sword. They had a they had a sword, and that's a knuckle scar, and that's a keloid scar from where I actually came in with a jab cross and hit the sword. The two clocked them, and I was able to fight off these two ski mask robbers. Crazy, crazy situation. And then I went to a – I got surgery on my hand and um, put the knuckle tendon back together, and then I had to go to a Vipassana meditation retreat nine days later in silence. And I had, it was a crazy time for me. I was traumatized. I had broken up with my girlfriend that day. Um, my arm was in a cast. I show up 10 days in silence in your own head dealing with trauma, and I was just like severely traumatized. And it was something that – was the wildest thing I ever experienced that if we integrate our trauma and we need it and we just sit with it, it will turn into power. There is a key in that of go meet your demons, go meet your stress, go meet your trauma. And that is like, but there's potential energy. There's a like kinetic energy and that, that can take you down a, a, a deep rabbit hole of depression and anxiety, or you can use it for power and it makes you who you are. So that happened. And about a year or two later, I became a coach. I coach life. I coach business, um, branding, uh, brand development, personal development. And uh, I had become a coach in Corona times because my businesses got crushed. It was, it was, it was really hard to have brick and mortar businesses. You know, last thing people want to do is be face to face in a, with a tattoo with somebody, you know, even with masks on, they, they, they had shut down all the businesses. So, you know, I had all these liabilities. They were assets. They became liabilities. So my ego got challenged again because it like, cleaned my bank account. I had to pay the leases on this place for two years, right? And that was really hard for me. But a pivot was, well, I have all this experience now. I've left organized crime. I launched businesses. I moved to Bali. Like there's a lot of wealth there that I can help. I built brands. I can help people do the same thing. Transform your life, build your brand. And that was amazing for me. But I started getting a little bored at that time because it was COVID. It was just hard. So I bought, I got into motorcycles and uh, I had graduated up to getting a, had a Ducati Monster uh, 800cc. And I was on the highway coming home late night and I was totally sober. I was minding my own business, green light, center lane. And this kid, 22 year old or 20 year old kid was driving a work truck, like a truck, proper truck. And he cut me off without looking. He pulled, pulled across two lanes of traffic and I smoked him doing about 80 kilometers an hour. And I broke both my legs, my pelvis, my Achilles, my bladder, my elbow. Um, and I was laying there kind of paralyzed on the ground. And while I was there, I was like, first thing I thought was, hey, where is my bike okay? And then I realized I can't get up and I can't move. Oh, shit. And it was where exactly my training came into actual hand. Like I've been trained for this through martial arts, through mindfulness, yoga, meditation. Right away, it was take care of your breath. And calm your nervous system down. There's bones sticking out of my leg. I hit a I severed my perennial artery. I'm bleeding to death. And I needed to really like handle my shit. 
So I gave six people that came, everybody's freaked out. Like a lot of Balinese people had stopped. It was on the highway and they were helping me get help. And I got six people jobs right away. You call an ambulance, you uh, get the keys out of my bike, you move my bike, you find my helmet. My helmet exploded on impact, saved my life. And um, it was like, I got a concussion. And so I did it in Indo- Indonesian. I learned Indonesian while I was up there. So save my ass that I was able to get, get myself help, save my own life, get me to the hospital. I was awake the entire time and I was severely traumatized from this. This was very, very intense. And through that time, I knew the process. If I integrate this trauma and I do the work, I'll be able to turn it into power. And so I did the hypnotherapy. I did counseling. I did breath work. Um, I did more of the pasta meditation retreats while I was in a wheelchair. So I was in a wheelchair for three months. And it's crazy because I'm such a busy body. I'm always going between my businesses. I'm always doing so many things. But now I'm handicapped. Totally. I couldn't get off the toilet by myself for like a month. I had to have my friends come and pick me off the toilet and put me back in the wheelchair and then pick me up and put me into bed. I was a baby. You know, it was wild. And it was crazy for the ego. 17 days in the hospital in bed, couldn't move, didn't see the sun. You know, it was just like wild. When I got out of the hospital, I had to be carried into the car. And I'm not a, I'm not a small guy. Right. And we we're driving back to my place. And a motorcycle ripped by us and I felt my nervous system go, oh my God, like it was, I felt the reaction. So after that, I did so much self-work and physio and rehab. And now I'm boxing again. I'm deadlifting. I was a year and a half ago, this happened. And I became a sharper, more grateful, um, centered human out of this process. I've never been sharper. This felt me, made me feel so good that I appreciate my life. Plus, I'm able to now get through anything. And I know that. So then coming back to Vancouver, I still launched two businesses as well as Handicap, which is crazy, Lighthouse and Lotus House. And um, so I felt pretty proud of myself. I'm like, man, I could I could launch two businesses while Handicap. You did pretty good, buddy. And that was the that was that near death. Wow. I mean, that's most what you're talking about is most people don't go through anything like that. But and what really impressed me was your your training and your reaction to it. Because like I said, most people don't go through what you've gone through just with everyday lives, like yelling in traffic, you know, like things that happen every day that we, we can't control ourselves. We have to, we have road rage and we think it's just normal and it's okay because we don't know how to act in a stressful situation. And most situations in life that we say are stressful are really our own created stress. If you're yelling at somebody in traffic, the traffic is not going to go any faster if if you if you yell at it right you're not being chased by a lion you're not hit off your bike now there are things that are there are real stressors in our life the problem is when our immune system is so i'm sorry our our uh, sympathetic system is so busy responding to the created stress when the actual stress comes about we're we're running on overdrive right so you know i, I that was a powerful story and one of the most powerful story i should say stories that I've really heard in my life. So thank you for sharing that, which leads me yeah. to my next question, right? Because talking about how this is stress and everything that's going on, we have an issue in today's society with balance, right? Because, you know, most places we have freedom, depending on how you want to look at it, right? To make our own choices and do our own things. And I'm a hundred percent believer that the choices that we make determine what we get in our life, period. Right. But then how what's the difference between balance and too much freedom Hmm. (laughs) good question you know 
It's funny that, and I had too much freedom as a drug dealer. I, I, I didn't live a normal lifestyle. I wasn't really part of society. I could just do whatever I want, whenever I wanted. 24 years old, more cash than I could imagine. It, it really warps you. And I realized having no structure really in my life is bad, bad news, bad news. I have ADD. I'll just, yeah, I need to, I need to be busy. And I really realized having structure through martial arts. I really learned that like having discipline, having structure, having respect, being humble in that space uh, really translated into me having a rigid lifestyle in the sense that I have my morning practice and that's gold. I have to do that. If I, do things that regulate my emotions, which is number one. Emotional intelligence is number one. It's such a priority. We all need to really focus on that. You can't be a good boss unless you're emotionally regulated. You can't be a good boyfriend. You can't be a good son. You can't be a good person. You're going to flip out in traffic and yell at people. If you're not re- able to regulate your emotions, it's a super skill. And that starts with the breath. That That's what it exactly did was start with my breath. That was the biggest first, the first key that I learned in my, in my yoga practices and meditation was the minute that we were able to rely on the breath, we're able to actually work. That's what Anapana meditation is from the Buddha is to actually just focus on the breath. And it's a super skill. Now that helped me then be able to balance my emotions and the martial arts taught me to keep a schedule and keep it tight, but also actually being in organized crime and, and being a drug dealer with many people working for me, I was able to realize how important it was to like manage systems and have many things, many balls in the air. And that helped me then be able to create the lifestyle that I had now where I'm so busy, I'm, I'm running five of the businesses right now. I have my podcast that came up, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot and having balance is so important. So I really realized I work hard. I also need to relax hard, not play hard here and there. Yeah, we'll have a good time, but having balance of a self-care routine, I take baths, I go to the spa, I have personal trainers, I got acupuncture, I meditate regularly. I have to like have my input of self-care as strong as my output in work. It's super important, you know? You know, I, earlier in the year, I felt kind of off. I, cause I just came back from New York. I was in New York a couple of weeks. I actually got Corona when I was there for first time on paper. And when I came <laughs> back, I still felt a little, felt a little off mentally. I wasn't really myself. And it could go a couple of weeks to kind of figure out where I was. And then one day it dawned on me. I've for years I've kept a very similar morning routine. I'll get up, I may read a book, I meditate, depending on how much time I have. I may play my guitar, and of course do breath work, stuff like that. Go outside for a walk, depending on the time of day, stuff like that. When I came back, when I was in New York, I didn't do that for for the time I was there. And when I came back, I fell out of that routine. So I called my friend and I said, "You know, I realize what's off." I've been out of my routine now for like a month and it took me so long to figure it out. And she never, she didn't get it. Right. Cause she was like, I'm glad you found, you found the, she was like, I'm glad that you found something. You found out what the issue was, but I could tell by talking to her, she doesn't do those things. So she doesn't get it. Right. I'm sure you get it. But after a couple of days of falling back into my routine, I just felt completely different, completely balanced, calmer, relaxed, like, you know, able to handle things. Because it wasn't that, it's not that my morning routine relaxes me, I should say. It's more of whenever something comes up that you say is annoying, I can respond to it better, right? So, you know, regulating your nervous system and learning how to properly breathe. And um, um, a lot of people, for example, breathe too fast. And I tell them all the time, most people don't take in enough oxygen. They breathe with their chest. That's, that's why there's one of the reasons. They sit hunch over so they can't take in enough oxygen. 
that when they breathe too fast, which tells their body they're in danger, which activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So you're always yelling, 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 right? And we talked about that many times. Slowing down, just slowing, learning how to properly breathe, not just in the morning while you're doing yoga, but throughout the day. That's one of the things that can absolutely transform your life. And I have many episodes on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go far into that. But you mentioned the morning routine thing. And that's one thing that we can change that can really really make a difference in our lives and talking about routine i'm gonna tell you about about one of my favorite routines it's using perform from the amino co right so everybody knows that everything that i use is as clean as possible and the amino co they have a hundred percent science back built technology for amino acids that was first funded by nasa and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. See, PERFORM is designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity, and concentration, which your boy needs a lot more of that, right? Reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. Now, what I love about PERFORM is I use it more for pre-workout because I train about six or seven days a week, depending on the week, right? And I use it more for pre-workout because it has their particular blend of essential amino acids and creatine, which helps to give you energy in those results. And what I really love is each serving is about 60 milligrams of caffeine. I'm not going to lie. I do double up and go to 120. But most pre-workouts are loaded with sugar. They don't have aminos and creatine. And they have 200 to 300 milligrams of protein. That is not good for you. Think about tea or coffee. You know, unless you go to Starbucks or something, or a cup of coffee is going to give you maybe 60, 70 milligrams of caffeine. Black tea, green tea is about 40 milligrams of caffeine, right? So loading up on pre-workout or loading up on caffeine and going to work may not be the best thing for you. But performing something I love because I have a lot of energy and I feel like I've, I've had more caffeine, but really it's the particular blend of essential aminos and creatine along with the caffeine that balance is what's giving me those results, right? But here are these clinical trials are performed that I absolutely love. 20% increase in exercise completed, 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak performance during exercise, 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. And again, you don't feel overloaded. You don't feel jittery. I've never had those feelings. And I'm caffeine sensitive using Perform. Their website is uh, aminoco.com, says Zico Health. You get 30% off Perform and also Heal, which I talk about a lot. And I'll make sure that the, um, the website is in the description of this episode. And with that being said, let's move on to the next question. We got some more stuff to talk about. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I want some of this NASA stuff, bro. Send me some. <laughs> I want to try this. It sounds great. Real talk, real talk. It's, like, it's have some good stuff, man. This is my jam. Uh, nootropics are another thing that I like. I smash nootropics. That's really, I want great brain health. I mean, man, I, I got 12 concussions, maybe 13 now, <laughs> but it's like, that's so many, you know? And so using my brain and bettering my brain now is a key priority for me because I want to be a sharp when I'm old. I want to be a sharp old guy. You know, I want to be like, I want to go learn Indian sitar and move to India for like two years and study classical music when I'm like 70 or 80 and then do a concert like an actual like a concert show after 10 years I'll be a master of that like that's like my goal and I'm like I need brain cells for that the sitar is 14 strings that's no joke right it's it's complicated so I'm like okay 
I want to be able to nail nail that. I think it's seven or 14 strings. But anyways, I need my brain health and longevity and being sharp is so important. And that's why like a regular meditative practice to focus on mindfulness and to focus your breath, that that actually enhances your ability to to pick up things and put them down mentally and to manage many multiple things. We need this. So nootropics are helping me with that. So anytime I hear anything like that, nootropics, and I train a lot for physio, of course. So to have something that creatine is so good for you, I'm like, yo, I want it. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Well, most people are, um, are, are protein deficient and they don't realize that Mm -hmm. the benefits they get from protein are Mm -hmm. the essential aminos and the creatine. But when you have a particular blend, because we've, the science has gotten so unique with it now that we know what essential, what aminos do what for your body, right? Just like how we know what Mm -hmm. probiotics do for your body. So this particular blend and the creatine, especially if you're not eating a high protein diet is helpful. What I love about perform necessarily it's hard to eat a high protein diet, but because of that blend of essential aminos that I get that feeds my muscles while I'm training, I don't have to have 300 milligrams of protein to get the same benefits and lift, you know, and lift the way I love to lift. Everybody knows, you know, your boy go hard in the paint, you know what I mean? So, yo, but, that, that, that's such a great call. <laughs> but that being said, man, let's, let's, let's talk about perfectionism because that's something that, you know, yeah. we really, don't realize how it can be, it can damage us. And you have a lot of business, you've gone through a lot. So with, from your experience, how does perfectionism hold us back from success? You don't get things out. You need to be, it's more important to get out a product or, or an offer or a business than having it perfect and not doing it at all, because you will upgrade. My buddy, Jaron Jones, he's amazing. Uh, he gave me this little analogy of, you know, iPhone one, you know, an iPhone 14. And at least it got iPhone one out, but it's very different now from iPhone 14. You look at just how amazing the technology has like improved. Right. And that's because of a process of constantly getting better. And that's just how we got to do things. I mean, like, it's so important to, to my first podcast episode when I had out was like, not good. <laughs> we didn't film it well, you know? And so we needed to learn from that to get to where we're at now. And we're shooting in LA last week, you know, with my friends like Lucas Mack and Hello Weston and Sahara Rose and Blue and all these amazing people. We needed to actually like get better over a process. If I had waited to have it perfect, I wouldn't have gotten it out. You know, we have to, we have to consistently improve on things and know that it's a continuous process of, of upgrading, of learning new things, of upskilling, you know, the first one is just going to be your first one. It's not your last one. So it's so much better to get yourself out because getting stuck in indecision, getting stuck in perfectionism, getting stuck in limiting beliefs and self-doubt and imposter syndrome and self-sabotaging, it's keeping us small. And we want to play big and playing big means taking risks on yourself and on your work. And that's the only way, no risk, no rewards. You got to just pull the trigger on it and go. I love that because I have the same, of course, you're a podcast. I'm a podcaster. The first episode I released, it was horrible, right? It really was horrible. <laughs> yeah. My, my brother yeah. called me and said, yo, I have to do some editing for you. Like it, it was, and the, and I've got, it's gotten so much better over time. Like it's, it's, it's completely mm-hmm. insane. I, I didn't have, I, I didn't even have the microphone I had was cheap. It, it sounded terrible. The editing was bad. I know that. Yeah. And I, I didn't have the money me to too. pay somebody me too. to take care of these things. Right. Yeah. But then that leads me, you, yeah. you already answered the question, but I want you to tie this into a bow for me before we get out of here. Right. Because we're talking about perfectionism. So now we're talking about fear. Right. So how can we then break through that, that fear 
um, and discover uh, multi-dimensional perspectives. Ooh, I love that. I mean, I look at it this way. I was really scared to leave Vancouver. I had money, I had status, and I was going into the unknown where I'd move to Bali with being nobody, like just go there, you know, alone. And it was like, okay, I needed to face that fear of the unknown. And what I did was I did it like a risk assessment in my head. And it was like, okay, what's the best case that would happen? What's the worst case that would happen? And obviously the best, it picked a really audacious goal. I was like, well, I, I thought I was going to be a hotel, like a hotelier. I wanted to have like a, a, a brand or a, like a bunch of hotels, you know, I wanted to have a chain of hotels. I wanted to get design something swanky. And that was my first idea. So I had a bed and breakfast there and I realized I didn't like beds or breakfasts. Oh my God, there are people like, there's a gecko in my room, like French people. I'm like, dude, it's folly. You know, so it was like really important for me to realize, like I tried something and out of that, we started tattooing out of the living room because I'm, or the dining room. I made friends with this local tattoo Balinese family and we became close and they started doing tattoos for our guests and people coming in. And we're the only Airbnb tattoo shop uh, marketed as that. So we, we started crushing it and I realized tattoos made more money than the, than the bed and breakfast. And it was more fun. And so from that all now I have three shops. So like our first thing isn't, might not be the end thing. It might just open doors for more things, right? So the fear needs to look at what the what would be the risk and what would be the reward. But that was the best case. I was wanting to be a billionaire hotel guy. And then the worst case was, well, shit, I'd be broke after a couple of years, spend all my savings, have to move back into my parents' basement. I'm like, well, at least I got a basement. At least I got a basement. It's not that bad. You know, like the worst case is like, you're not going to die and you're going to learn a bunch of stuff and you'll do something amazing to change your life okay, well, shit, that's pretty good. So if people are worried about like getting something out and it fails, it's like, well, at least you're going to learn from that and it'll open new doors, you know, and at least you'll know that's not what you want to do. It's better than wanting to always do something and never have done it. And that'll eat away at you. Just like me leaving the dope game and following my dharma. It's like, well, if I never found out, you know, that would eat at me and I'd just stay complacent. But then me finding out now, wow, eight businesses in eight years because I took the risk. It's so important to take the risk. Not many people do it. That's the other thing. There's so many people who are stuck in the in the fear mode and they just won't do it. And so for you to get over your fears and just punch it, go for it, you're already ahead of the curve. That's that's not common. So be uncommon. Dude, that's huge. Because yeah, the again, the perfectionism thing, something I had to grow out of. And we live in a society now where everybody knows everything, right? Like when I first started my podcast, or <laughs> me, I've been training for the last 20 years and I've had people who come to me and say, hey, you should do this this way. You should do that that way. And they're like 100 pounds overweight. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, you know, that, that's not, leave me alone. Um, you know, so you're, like, you're teaching me about me. Like, I've had clients where like, I had to fire them because I'm like, okay, hire you as a client, but you're more busy telling me what to do than me telling yeah. you, no, I can't do this. No, no I'm sorry, me no, too. Me too. So the program's me not going to work, and then you're going to blame me for it when it's you just basically want to do your own. If you know how to do your own thing, just go do your own thing and don't pay me. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm not going to take that hit to my program. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, you know, but so, so with that, like, creates a lot of fear because I think a lot of times people are scared or have that fear because they're afraid of that criticism because they feel mm. like somebody's going to come down on them because everybody has an opinion. But then, mm-hmm. or the one thing that I know that that have me not worry about these things anymore is real is, is this opinions like assholes everybody has one yeah. and they all yep. so people are gonna talk and they're gonna talk and they're gonna talk and they're gonna talk just take yeah. it 
and move on with your life. Because at yeah. the end of the day, they don't write your paycheck. They don't make the decision. Now, there are times people can say things that are helpful and you can consider it. But if it doesn't make sense to you, don't do it. And if you fail, like you said, if you think about the best and the worst scenarios, if you fail, at least you, 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 you made a decision and you went after something. And because you failed now doesn't mean you're going to fail going forward. So all the stuff you said is absolutely positive. I love it. Thank you so much for that. That was a great wrap up. And the last thing I'm going to add one you, thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. I just, I wanted to, to add to what you were saying, because I love this point and you know, we can't take everyone's opinion. I don't listen to people who haven't done better than me. That's it. Like, that's my rule. If you're ahead of me in the game, I'm going to listen. And especially if I paid for the advice, that's the best thing. Honestly, if you pay, you pay attention. So hire a coach and I got coaches. I got so many different types of coaches because um, it's instrumental to my growth. And then I know the context of our relationship is they're investing in my success because I invested in their coaching. And that's so important. So like, get a coach, get a mentor. I've had multiple mentors in my life that have grow- shaped me as a human. We need people. There is nobody that's actually self-made. Really, we've gotten ideas from everywhere, from books, from people, from mentors, from coaches. We need that to build ourselves up. And so getting help is a boss move. It really is. It's, it's, you have humility, you have um, drive, you have ambition, you're studying, you're betting yourself. It's amazing for your mental health as well as your career and relationships. So it's like number one is to get help and take the advice and actually execute on the advice because a lot of people don't. And if you just get free help, often I see, I give my friends free advice all the time. Like if they want me to look at their business or whatnot, I love to give it. I love what I do, right? Um, the people who pay for it actually do it. The people who just get it for free are kind of, they don't see its worth, right? So it's like, it's important to do that. So yeah. And if you guys want a coach, check out my website, hit me up on Instagram. I answer all my messages. Let's go. That's how I was going to say, man, them audience that let them know about and where can they get in touch with you? What's your website? What's your Instagram? Give me all your shameless plugs right here, man. (laughs) Plug it in, plug it in. Um, My website's www.aaronbaya.com. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. And uh, my Instagram is ink underscore pray underscore love like this neon sign. Cause I saw eat, pray, love. And obviously that changed my life. So got into tattoos, uh, the tattoo business. This was a funny and easy way to honor that. Perfect. And of course, the show notes is going to be zikahel.com slash Aaron Bahia. You got me mid-type. You called me mid-type there because I was supposed to go on a little bit longer. But yep, the show notes no, are going to be problem, in the description no of the episode. And uh, with that being said, Aaron, this was fantastic, man. We're going to talk about being a part two, of course. And with that being I'm said, thanks for listening. Thank you for watching. We're all out for the day. Thank you, everybody. Peace out. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.